Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Okay, yay. I'm so excited. I have Miss Scotty Durrett of the Momplex podcast here with us today on the You Do Woo podcast. First of all, if you're not a mom, I feel like this will still be a really fun conversation, so listen in. If you are a mom, you must right now pause and go subscribe to Scotty's podcast because I have been listening to it lately. And first of all, I really love that you have like a lot of really short episodes. I think that's awesome. But like it's so it's just nourishment for my mom's soul. So thank you. Aww, I love that. I might coin that phrase, nourishment for my mom's soul. <laughs> God. Yes. I mean, there's, so I follow a lot of moms on Instagram that like post different things about, you know, the struggles, especially of like having little kids and stuff, but yours, here's the deal. So Scotty's just a few years older than me. It's like just a few steps ahead. And she has three kids age 15, 13, and 10. And when you listen to your podcast, you'll, her podcast, you'll like find out all about her life and and momming and all that kind of stuff. But like, I don't have a lot of good friends Mm -hmm. who are just a little bit ahead of me who have the same mindset of parenting and personal growth and our soul's journey as parents and all of that kind of stuff, if that makes sense. I have a lot of friends who think the same way, but most of them are in the thick of like the three and under stage. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's hard because especially we just came out of two years of craziness and and I had postpartum depression and anxiety and all that. And I feel like it's such a freaking fog. And I don't know that we're other than just being there and letting each other vent and talk about things that are normal. It's just so nice having somebody who's a role model and who's just a little bit ahead of me to be like, okay, let me just soak up all of her wisdom and knowledge and all of that. So thank you. I'm giddy to be here. Thank you. Yay. So just a little backstory. I connected with Scotty through our business coach, Allie Reeves, I think late last year. And recently I've had the honor of doing a two-week intensive with you on your human design chart. So we dug into like your planetary transits and applied everything to your business, mainly your business. I feel like there were certain like little life things that we talked about. But so Scotty has a podcast, the Momplex podcast, which I'm going to put in the show notes, and she is a coach as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Like which one came first, coaching or podcasting? Tell us how all of that came to be. Well, hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I went the opposite order. Podcast came first before I even had a a clear idea about what I wanted to do. In a nutshell, I'm 45 and I started to see the writing on the wall that my kids are getting older. You know, you realize very quickly your kids need you. It just changes. It changes so fast how differently they need you. And you don't really get preparation for those changes. You just have to kind of stay with it and get yourself ready and like adjust as they keep adjusting. And I had a moment in my kitchen and I was holding all this laundry and I was like, oh, my daughter is about to be off to college. What am I going to do? Who am I? 
what, what, I don't even know what lights me up. And I started to realize I was getting flat, like holidays didn't get me excited. Birthdays didn't get me excited. Things that used to light me up didn't light me up anymore. I felt numb and kind of bored and realized in a nutshell, I had let myself disappear under the guise of, I, you know, I was, I was a mommy martyr straight up. I was a mommy martyr. And I realized that that was not at all how I wanted to live my life. It was not fun for me anymore. And I, I needed to change, make some changes. So this all kind of came to a head right around COVID. So it was perfect. I got into some network marketing and in my network marketing, I realized how hard it was to get moms to want to take care of themselves. And I felt like I was always, that was the biggest roadblock. Like, oh, I don't have time for myself. I don't have money for myself. I, I'm fine. I don't need anything. I Don't worry about me. I'm an afterthought. Basically, I'm on the back burner and I'm pretty cool with it. And I was like, Mm-mm, no, 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 no. We need This needs to stop. This needs to end for myself and for other moms out there. And I love talking about it. And I, Allie was like, you should just do a podcast. Let's just get you out there. And then through the podcast, I started getting people reaching out saying, look, it sounds great. How do I do that? I don't know what you're talking about. So I need some help. So I went ahead and got certified in health and life coaching because I felt like I, I owe it to them to be available as a guide. If I'm going to be leading the way then and they want to join, they need some support. So that's kind of how that thing rolled out. It started with network marketing, but it really was just me putting myself out there and through life and journey, then the podcast came and then the health coaching came, the life coaching. And then it's just like been awesome. Like just energy everywhere. I just love it. I'm so happy. So <laughs> well, it's definitely what you're meant to be doing. And it's so crazy. We won't get into it too much, but it's so crazy because everything that we looked at in your chart, like your incarnation cross, and especially a lot of the planets, I was like, oh my God, like you're already doing this. And I know that you weren't before three years ago, you know, but it's how, how has that felt like finding out about your human design and diving into that, like applying it to your business? How has that changed? Things. Well, you said it so perfectly yesterday and I wrote it down because I was so honored. I was able to have you on my podcast and you said that it gave, when I finally realized about my human design, I walked away with one so much relief, right? About, okay, like I finally have permission. You said to feel the way I've always felt inside. I just never knew what to do with it or how to use it, or would it be okay to show up this way? Like it finally gave me this kind of confirmation that I should keep backing myself authentically the way deep, 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 deep down I knew I should, but I'd never had the courage to do it before. And now I feel with the human design knowledge and, you know, the support and how you explained it to me, I actually now have courage. I'm able, like I have courage to face my fears and I have courage to believe in myself even before other people believe in me. And it's kind of just given me like my blinders are off mm -hmm. and I don't feel the comparison game anymore. I just feel so much confidence and assurance and relief. I, you said it yesterday. It just, it's massive relief. It feels so refreshing. And so it's, I have confirmation in my own, like I can find the confirmation in myself. I don't need it from external voices or external opinions or someone telling me like, good job, you're doing, I already know. I already know I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing. And so it kind of just all like the puzzle pieces kind of came together. 
I love it. I know that everybody will be following you and I'll put your Instagram handle in the show notes, but especially like, I usually like to talk about people's like human design type. So just so everybody knows, Scotty's a manifesting generator, but with a lot of manifester energy. And she does a really great job in the way that she shows up on Instagram, utilizing that throat chakra energy and and obviously on your podcast too. So just in case anybody is specifically looking for an MG role mm-hmm. model, Scotty's really, really awesome. So I was wondering when you're talking about like being a martyr as a mom, Mm-hmm. This is so interesting because I almost got into this trap, but I think because I'm an older mom, I'm turning 39 this year in a few months, and I had my baby at 36, I guess, okay. and which is not, I mean, that's whatever, age is, is just a number. I feel like younger than I did like five years ago today. Totally <laughs> So it's just so weird. Numbers are ridiculous, but... I did have a lot of life before I had her and had a lot of freedom and had a lot of independence. I was single. I mean, I had relationships and then I was single for a good amount of time. And then my husband and I dated for a while before we got married and we were long distance. And so I, I like I traveled a ton. I did all the things. And I think that in having a kid, I just was really determined to stay very independent and not become a martyr. Growing up, my mother was amazing. She was a stay-at-home mom. She was amazing, super nurturing and all of that. And I didn't notice any martyr, martyrness from the outside, like as a child looking at her, because I always saw her like taking care of us and whatever. But looking back now, it's like, oh, you know, she didn't like complain a lot or anything like that. It's just like she never, ever, ever put herself first. Yeah. I've always just automatically been tiny bit more on the like independent and selfish side. And I don't have a problem putting myself first. And so it was really weird because like in having a kid, I guess I went through like the first three months not asking my husband for a lot of help and sort of being like, okay, I'm going to do everything and I'm going to be amazing. Like I'm amazing at everything I do in life. So I'm going to be freaking amazing at being a mom. And that postpartum depression and anxiety hit real hard. And I was like, oh, okay. I can't put this much pressure on myself. So I learned pretty fast that I needed his help and I needed help and I didn't need to do everything. And it was okay yeah. to have childcare and it was okay to take the day off and go do whatever I wanted to do and all of that stuff. What did that look like for you in the first few years, in the younger years? You know, I'm 45. So my you said it, my oldest is 15. So when I had her, I was 30. I wasn't super young, but I was still, you know, 30. I remember being very insecure. I didn't know it at the time, but I was incredibly insecure. And so I I was in like this chasing mode of, oh my gosh, I got to read all these books and I got to do it the way my friend is doing it. And I've got to, the sleep schedule has to be this way, this way, this way. And, you know, it, I made myself like it analysis paralysis kind of, you know, it's like, I, I spent so much time trying to digest information to figure out how to become a mom. And what happened was I realized I was completely turning down my own voice. The volume had just been muted completely. So I was only searching for answers in the external from other people. And so what happened was I never really had my own voice. I never really trusted that I knew what was best for myself and for my kids. Therefore, 
I never even trusted that when I felt tired, burned out or needed help that I could then say, I need, I'm tired. I'm re- I need rest and I need help. I didn't even have the confidence in my own voice to know when to stand up for myself. And so the only way I was receiving attention was when I was complaining about how much burnout, exhaustion, and loneliness I felt, right? Because that's a mommy martyr where she's pushing herself, pushing herself, and you're going to hear about it, right? You know, this is how she's having her worth placed on the earth kind of thing. And you disappear. You disappear as an individual. You disappear. All that life that you lived before, what was it for? Mm-hmm. What? Why did I go to school? Why did I develop relationships? Why did I learn how to socialize? Why did I have interest traveling the world? It's a battle that I think a lot of moms feel is this societal and internal conflict of, yeah, you better pursue a higher education. You better fight for equal pay. You better get voting rights. You better stand up for yourself and advocate until you become a mom because only good moms don't work out of the house. Only good moms put their kids before them. And if you put yourself before your kid, mm, I don't know, that's a little selfish. So then you're thinking, wait, I, okay. So 30 and under, that was great. And uh, goodbye. And I'm going to kiss it. But now life as I know it is now not my own. It's so there's this really interesting trap that I think a lot of new moms, because they're so insecure and they feel so lonely, they might be dealing with postpartum anxiety and depression that much of it goes undiagnosed because you also think, well, I'm a mom. I'm supposed to be tired. I'm supposed to be burned out. I'm supposed to not sleep. And I asked for this. So I wished for this. So I can't, comp- I mean, this is just what I'm supposed to live like, right? So it it's this constant battle. And usually what wins out is what everybody else is doing. This is what my mom told me to do. This is what society is telling me to do because we feel already so insecure. It's so hard for us to speak up for ourselves. And I think that's why this cycle continues. And then you feed on it with each other, like the badge of exhaustion. We compete. Oh no, no. I'm more tired. My kid crapped his pants and then he threw his butt like this. Let me list the 45 things about how hard my life is. And you're going to compete with me over how hard your life is. And I'm like, did we just win being miserably exhausted? Like, I don't want this star. I don't want this award. <laughs> I want to get out of this race. And so, but it's it's easy to fall into it before. And that's why I'm so excited. You know, we've got moms like you and moms like me who are not afraid to speak up and talk about what's hard and how we're dressing it. Because I think it's it's hard to speak up, especially when you're in the thick of it it's hard to step back and have awareness, especially when you're nursing and you're tired. It's, it's hard. It's just fucking hard. If I can curse, like it's hard being a mom. Right. So anyway, that was a long winded way to say that was really how I spent a lot of my early years with my kids, very burnout, very exhausted, frustrated, wishing the days away, waiting for relief to come, but not realizing that the answer was within me. I kept waiting for other people to give it to me. And that just made me a mommy martyr. Yeah. It's so crazy hearing you go back and and talk about this because I was very similar and I'm now realizing that maybe it was like that I control issues and being like, okay, I don't want to fail at this mom thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read all the books and do all the schedules and, you know, on all this kind of stuff. And I try not to have too many regrets because I'm like, okay, I learned from this in some way. Mm -hmm. And it's fine. And it is what it is. And for some reason, have you ever read the book Spirit Babies? No. 
No, it's so really good. I gotta write book. that down. It's so good. But it talks about how your children choose you and they know like the faults that you're going to have and the, the oh. like stuff that you're going to go through yeah. in like, even in that first year or whatever. And they choose you for that reason. And I was like, oh my God, she chose me to help me grow. And mm-hmm. All of that, but like, like I guess a regret I do have is almost like filling my head with too much information rather than at that time listening to my body and listening to my maternal instincts. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, I mean, we just live in a weird time where we have way too much information, honestly, <laughs> yeah. right? right? Yeah. And so it's like all of this info going into your brain, but you not then processing it through your body and being like, okay, well, I know that this author said this, but is this correct for me? Is this correct for my kid? Is this correct for this situation or season yeah. or whatever? And I didn't trust myself to do that till for sure, at least like a year and a half in. Yeah. I yeah. feel like. Well, and it's hard, you know, you, yes, you've got nine, 10 months, right. And while you're carrying the baby, so it gives you time to somewhat adjust, but we don't go to school to become a mom. And so there's, it's kind of a crash course that's a self-paced study, right? So you, you feel incredible excitement and fear at the same time. And anytime we feel fear, we want control. We want to feel safe and perfectionism is a great way to keep us very safe, right? Because no one can be perfect, but you think, well, I'm not going to try too many things that other people haven't tried because then I won't fail or they, I'm going to kind of just follow along. And so you get into a habit, understandably, right? You want, why reinvent the wheel? But I think sometimes we can, like I going back to just like the fear of failure really prevents you from your own unique creativity in the role. And so then you start to follow what maybe worked for your mom or your grandmom. And I mean, we not only is that generational stuff that should be released, but they're not the same person. And like you said, you don't have the same kid. And so I think there's just one thing that I'm really encouraging more now than ever is that it's not that being a mom isn't scary. It's not that you're not going to have insecurities. It's not that you're not going to fail and feel exhausted and possibly face emergency C-sections and postpartum depression, you know, all those things are still possible. The difference is let's have some awareness so that we can connect with each other, use our voices to share. So rather than looking polished, like things are going well, not, and if they are going well, share that too. I just don't, I, you know, so many moms kind of live in a vacuum and their only way to show up to the world is like, I've got this, I'm under control. I don't need help. Everything's good, but they might be falling apart at the seams. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're holding on by a thread. And that's where that long-term real depression and anxiety and burnout happens. And then at my age, you start to see it show up in, sorry to say, like infidelity, divorce, massive depression, substance abuse, like, you know, really missing out on enjoying these beautiful years because you've just been straight up burnout out and exhausted. And you haven't been, like you said, really listening to your body and honoring yourself and disappear. And that's where the numbness comes in. The boredom comes in. You feel like you're on the hamster wheel on autopilot. And I don't want us to look back on this time and just think like, why was I so like, I should, I wish I should have sat on the floor and played with them. And who cares about the homemade baby food, right? I should have just let her stay up an extra hour because she was, she and I were giggling so much rather than like getting her on the 
perfect bedtime, or I should have just stayed at the park rather than racing home because it was nap time. Like, you know, it's like, sometimes we just have to be fluid with our life, but you have to feel less afraid to do that. And I think when we lean on each other and share and commiserate rather than judge, we feel like there's relief again, a relief and a freedom to feel like you have the permission to feel like you do inside. Right. And so it's just something I've learned so much in myself. And what I know now is that it can be more enjoyable than I think some of us make it out to be. Yeah. You don't have to be a mommy partner. Yeah. So one thing I really, really love about you and the tone of your coaching and podcast and all of that kind of stuff is it is advice, I guess, but I wouldn't take it. I don't know. It doesn't, you don't like put it across as advice. It's amazing wisdom and tips and tricks and ways of being and all of that kind of stuff that can be taken and like absorbed and then applied, but the way that you do it is so different than anybody else that I feel like any other moms that offer advice. And I love, I love all the moms in my world, but a lot of times you'll get the advice of like, you know, my, my little girl is two, almost three. It's getting ready to be her third birthday. And people are like, get ready. Three's worse than two. And they said that like, they're like, oh, terrible twos, whatever. And I'm like, for me, yeah, there's hard things at every stage. For me, every month has gotten easier, 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 easier. And yes, three is going to be bring some challenges that two didn't have. But you know what? She's freaking peeing on the potty now. And I don't, I'm not going to have to do diapers too much longer. And she has actual conversations with me. I'm like, how is this hard? I mean, I get it. But every time somebody said that I've been like, well, like, why do we do this to each other? Do you know what I mean? It's like, we'll wait for 13. And you, you don't do that. You're like, you see every season and stage is totally different. And every kid is totally different and every family dynamic And you're very, I guess, inclusive of, I don't know, all the different seasons and not like putting fear into us as mothers. (laughs) Did you get that? I don't know. I'm getting that so often lately. Like, just you wait. Oh, and if you have a second, oh my God, like two, going from one to two is just ridiculous. I cannot. Like, I'm like, stop telling me these things. And people did this with like the sleeping. They're like, oh my God, be prepared to not sleep for a year. My kid was sleeping at eight weeks real well. I had to go learn to sleep again. Yeah. She was, she was a really good sleeper, which I know not all kids are, but I'm like, stop freaking telling me these things and let's stop inducing fear, like putting fear into each other, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I love that you brought that point up. Um, because I heard it now, my daughter's 15 And I'm getting so much advice like, oh, well, kiss your relationship goodbye. And maybe you'll, she'll come back at 21. And I thought to myself, if I show up in my relationship with my daughter, already believing that she's going to be a horrible teenager and our relationship is doomed, guess what's going to happen? Our relationship is going to get doomed. Mm -hmm. I would have pigeonholed her and made assumptions about her without any 
evidence. I just would have let noise come in. And that's kind of going back to what it was with like the overreading and the overbooks and the oversleep schedules. And, you know, sometimes you have to quiet the noise and listen to your unique home and house and figure out like, okay, let's just take this one day at a time. My gosh, we, this is, this relationship has never existed before in any universe, right? It's just me and my daughter. Why not honor it and support it and love it and nurture it based on what she needs from me right now? And we're not a textbook. We're not someone else's relationship, but I do think you can get yourself into this narrative that the narrative you live by is going to be the results that you get. So if you choose to wake up and thinking, I have no time for myself. I have no one that wants to help me. I have to do it all by myself. This is just going to suck for the next five to 10 years until my kids are self-sufficient. Then guess what? You're going to live that life. That is exactly, you will literally confirm. It'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think the same thing can be applied. The terrible twos. I don't know if my kids were terrible, but what do they call it? The fearsome fours. I think they're all fearsome and beautiful and terrible and hard and gorgeous, all of it. Yeah. But I don't think any of them, I do think there has to be some appreciation for each kid, but you have to have confidence and to give yourself the space and the opportunity to actually listen to your own intuition that you know, just like the spirit babies, you are meant to be this baby's mom. Mm-hmm. So be the person that they want. They want you to be yourself. They want you to be there for them. And I think that's a lot of back to your point of just when you are so afraid of failing, it's hard to trust yourself, especially in an area of life you've never been. So it's so natural to look out and to take advice from someone who's survived it. And you think, okay, great. If I can just do it like them, then I'll survive it too. And everything will be okay. And then you miss living. And then you miss figuring out how it would have worked better for you and your kids. So it's a balance. I'm not saying listen to a person's advice, but also just, you know, sometimes I say like, Thank you so much. Okay, great. Thank you. I don't know if that's going to apply or not, but I appreciate it. You know, it's so it's, what do they say? It's like, everybody is going to have opinions of you, whether or not you subscribe to it, that's your choice. So it's kind of the same. (laughs) So the other day you sent me a Voxer message. I think you were listening to one of my episodes where I was talking about Caroline um, waking Mm -hmm. up at 5 a.m. Ever since we went to Portugal, she's been like, she sleeps through the night, but she'll wake up early where she was sleeping like 10 or 12 hours a night. And now it's like, she needs less. And I know that she needs rest and she sleeps. She naps during the day too, like two and a half hours usually at school. So I was like, I mean, a little bit like concerned, but also that's my morning time, my alone time. And I was talking about that and about how that's hard. And I'm trying to also just remember that it's a season and all of that kind of stuff. I don't remember how exactly I worded it in the episode, but you sent me a boxer that was like so precious. Mm -hmm. And you were saying that like when your kids were little and their like sleep schedules were off or eating schedules or something changed, it was always, it usually meant, and you saw it on the other side that they were going through some sort of growth spurt or transition or quantum leap in development or something. Mm -hmm. And then it would go back to, normal or create a new schedule that would, you know, last the same or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was also so sweet because I like, I don't remember what exactly you said, but it was like, 
maybe she's craving just extra time with you. And she knows that this is some time that we can have one-on-one time. Cause my husband sleeps in usually till like seven. And so that's like our time to have like our little quiet, you know, coloring time and hangout time and time when I'm not, you know, thinking of to-do lists in my head and I can really actually be present with her and I'm not tired from the day. That's hard for me sometimes, like the end of the day, spending time with her. Like your Voxer literally changed everything in like the way that I thought about that time. And then she started sleeping till seven. And I was like, dang it. So it's been interesting because like today she slept till 645 and I was like, I kept wanting to go wake her up, but she, if you wake her up too early, she gets a little grumpy. She's like, no, I'm still sleeping. Um, so I let her sleep. And then when she woke up, it was like almost time to get to like, after we sat there for a little bit to start getting ready and everything. Cause she was like, mom, I go, I go get ready now. And I was like, well, I was like, I don't have any, you know, I don't have a zoom until 10. Like I can be later. You can drop her off anytime you want to. So I was like, let me just like spend some more time with her and hang out with her and let her help me make breakfast and whatever, which, you know, for a generator in human design, like every minute I want to be working if able to, like, if I have childcare, it's like, okay, let me, let me get stuff done. Um, And so that was very different for me to be like, oh, let me just drop you off 45 minutes later than I'm than I'm used to. And let's have this little sacred time because you don't get this forever. Figuring out that I was a manifester has actually helped me calm down a little bit on the the control of the day. Right. I think as moms, we are the nucleus. And so if things have to start with us and we're juggling so many to-do lists and so many expectations and obligations. And so there is a part of you that thinks, okay, if things can just go as I plan and expect, then everything is going to fall into place exactly as it's supposed to. And then we'll all have a great day, right? You kind of realize that the buck stops with you, right? But on the flip side, my kids have done a really good job teaching me how to just chill and just let the flow sometimes dictate where we need to spend our energy because eventually, just like you said, that time is so minute. It It's that little window of connection that you and she had in the morning was, it didn't disrupt the universe. It didn't disrupt. You probably still were able to get everything you needed to get done. And in fact, you probably got it done in a way that was from a place of greater love than had you been on your hamster wheel and like your autopilot. And I, one thing that helps me when the schedule and I'm, you know, you've got dodgeballs coming at your face a thousand miles an hour and you're trying to keep things, you know, perfectly situated. I'll actually pause for a second and pretend like I'm a fly on the wall in my kid's room. Mm. And I think about what did they go through in that moment to get them from where they were to in front of me. And I try to respect that there was probably a whole thought process or energy or feeling or emotion it somehow started in them that got them to walk all the way over to me. What do they need for me right now? It's not, you know, you think sometimes it's so easy to just stop at our nose and think, "Ugh, you're here. I don't, you're hungry again, or yeah. I'm supposed to get these, this phone call. I'm on a phone call. Like I'm, I'm trying to take a shower and you're interrupting me. And I think, gosh, what did they, why, why would they, why were they pulled to me in this moment? What do they need for me? And how can I be present with them? And I promise you from a time perspective, I've noticed that I actually have more time if I stop what I'm doing, focus on them, give them the attention and the support and the guidance that they need. 
they're usually like, okay, great. See you later. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, that was, that was done versus had I ignored them or not, they would have come back a thousand times, but they would have thrown a block at my head or they would have dumped the sippy cup over, or they would have talked back to me and mumbled. Like they still would have needed attention from me, but they would have felt like subconsciously the only way to get it would have been in some sort of negative way. Now I'm realizing, gosh, if I just give them the respect in that moment, I can help them even better. And I promise you the day is actually going to work out better. It takes time, but all of a sudden you realize like, oh, and then you realize she's sleeping till seven, that window is gone. And now it's over. Like I missed, I missed it. Or I even see it at all. Did it come and it, I, it was available to me and I just let it, I didn't even see it because I, my blinders were on, I was looking down and it's gone. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it because it's this, I'm going to sound so old when I say this, but it, it goes by so fast. And before you know it, you, you like in one moment, they're snuggling with you on the sofa, watching like tangled. And now they walk right by you and close their bedroom door. And you're like, what? Like as they should, as they should, right. This is part of the whole, but you realize gosh, those opportunities, like you just can't, you got to take them, right? Like you just, you got to look up sometimes as a mom because they, even when they want your attention, even that window is like, it's so little because their day starts too, right? Like they don't need to be attached to you all the time. It's just, it's, it's a very overwhelming, but beautiful awareness. Man. Okay. I'm so glad we're recording this so I can go back and listen to that little riff because it does make, you know, talking about being a fly on the wall or just like seeing things from their perspective. It's such a big deal. Like this morning, we don't a lot of times watch TV in the morning. Um, Like I'm not a no screen person. I know that it's not great to have a a ton of screen time or whatever, but we, we do some TV, but we don't usually do it a lot in the morning. And this morning, she did like when I was getting her, her lunch together, she comes over and she goes, mommy, can I please watch a little bit of Bluey? Aww. And I'm like, oh. and it was so sweet. Cause I actually did what you were just talking about where I was like, I bet that took a lot of guts for her to come and ask for that. Cause she knows I don't normally say like, we don't normally do that. And especially this late, like she knew that it was like almost time to go and I wasn't going to like turn on the TV for her. But I was like, thank you for asking so nicely and saying, please. And so I did, I, they're seven minutes long. So I was like, yeah, we can watch a bluey. Um, but I, but that's like so precious to think about like what was going on in their little brain to like give them enough courage to come and ask. Yeah. And in that one moment, it was such a beautiful thing you showed her that you said, what you want is a good thing. What you feel is a good thing. I tell you this, your kids, even if you're not actually saying the words, we communicate with our energies and our huffs and puffs and our sighs and our frantic at, you know, attitude. They know when they're annoying you. They know when you don't want them around you. And they also, if we we have to be very aware that like when she has the bravery to come up and ask and say, like, this is what I want to watch and this is what I want, not what you want. That separation, like, do you see how she just built this? independence away from you. And you did this in a way where you're like, I, tr- you have a great head on your shoulders. I validate you. I validate your feelings and your wants and your desires. That is a building block. That's going to move into her when she's a preteen. That's going to move into her when she's getting asked out on dates. Like you realize that in that, in that took what 30 seconds of your time and energy. And she's like, you, she probably would, I think about my kids all the time. Like what am I doing shoulders back? 
Yeah. Like I want them to always be leaning forward into the world, like with confidence. They have, I have to be their most unconditional number one fan. I need them to realize that it's not that I love them. I actually like them. I actually want to be around them. And I think that their feelings and thoughts and energies good at like negative or positive, they're all valid. And so it's just something to be aware of, you know, just really respecting what is going on. It's so easy for us to only be focused on how it's making us feel, but we have to remember what they could possibly be feeling and experiencing. And they're looking to us as their leader, as their guide. And so you just don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss those really cool connections and exchanges because they're very fast. Yeah. And look, she was just, she probably forgot about it. And then she was just so distracted with her show. And now she's got to get ready for school. Like gone, moment gone. Right. I feel like you did, did you study rye parenting or respectful parenting at all? I feel like you do it like in your own way. It's, I mean, you don't need to, I went, I like read too many books about it and it's very, reading the books is hard. It's easier to like, listen to a podcast like yours. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. But like the respectful parenting type thing where even from a newborn, you treat them as their, I mean, obviously they need a lot more of your help to do things and whatever, but in speaking to them, you mm-hmm. speak to them as if they're an equal to you. And that was one thing growing up. I know growing up in like 70s and 80s, you're, you're just like, we're not doing this because I told you so, because I'm your parent, you know? Mm-hmm. And my parents were pretty good about not being over, but sometimes they'd be like, no, we're just not doing that. Mm -hmm. And me and my husband were like, whenever we say no, we're always going to say why, like, Hey, this is for your safety or some other reason or whatever. And it's not just like, cause I told you so. Cause like, what if you told that to an adult? No. Cause I said, no, (laughs) he'd be like, okay, fuck you. I, I, that's such a cool thing. I'm glad you brought it up. I had a great conversation with a friend of mine and she, we were talking about, it's called, it's love and logic. Like, I love you. Let me give you the logic behind why I am saying what I'm saying, because it gets harder as they get older. You know, now my daughter is 15. She wants mad respect and I, I don't blame her, right? She's about to go drive. I need to make sure we've got mad respect going on because I need her to know that she can handle the world. Right. But I also owe her the communication as to why, look, I love you. I want you to learn how to cross the street safely. Here's why it's not because I'm the boss. And because you just have to do what I say, like give you the tools and the information. It just helps. And that actually is going to save moms. Talk about trying to not feel so tired. How many times have you yelled at your kid? Because I said so, because I said so. And the kid's like, I still am going to eat Cheerios in bed. I don't really care what you say, but when they have that respect and they feel like they've got the information that they need that's going to handle all their objections. Not only is it going to save you repeating yourself and it's going to save you future battles and fights and wasted energy stressing over this thing that keeps coming up over and over again. They're they're going to have massive respect for you. And that's you want that balance all the time. You want your kids to love you and respect you. You're not here to be their bestie, right? But you're also not here to scare the shit out of them either. Right. Like you want them to want to be like to always want to come to you to always look to you as like my mom will give me the she'll explain it in a way that makes sense to me. She will always be there to listen to me. She's always going to have my back. And I tell it to my kids all the time. I'm like, look, I always have your back. Trust that. Like I've got your back and I'm here when you need me. 
right? Like in all of it. And so you want them to always feel like that, that bridge is available to them. When you start early on with that love and logic, that is building that trust in that relationship that they're always going to get the support and the information that they need from you in a way that makes them feel really, really good. Oh my God. Well, I feel like we might need to have more conversations like this. So, and I feel like everybody in my community is going to be obsessed with you, especially all the moms. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can everybody connect with you? Where's the best place for them to connect with you? I'm probably best on Instagram. That's where I am all the time. It's at Scotty Durrett. And I love when people reach out to me. And if you have questions, I'm I'm an open book. And so it's a very safe place and that's probably the best way to connect with me. And I'm usually on there. So, and that's how I, you know, I've made such great connections. That's how I connected with you. And it's just such a happy, positive energy space for me. So. Perfect. I love following you on there and, and I'm, gonna... I love following you. You're like one of my favorite humans and we don't even know each other in human I form. <laughs> we need to, we need to, um, thank you so much. I appreciate all of your wisdom. I appreciate your energy. I love your, I just love listening to you and being around you to soak up the like more go with the flow energy, which I know is one of your incarnation cross gates, that whole, like just, you know, riding the waves as they come and not super stressing about planning everything ahead and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's needed for my OCD control freak nature to balance me out. So Thank you. But you have to, before we go, you have to take credit that a lot of how I'm able to show up right now is because of the support and the coaching you've given me. I mean, honestly, I keep thinking about the freedom and relief I've gotten from understanding my human design. It's, I've shifted. It's pivotal. It's life-changing. So thank you. I'm so glad. Well, you guys go follow Scotty on Instagram, send her a DM that you listened to this episode Subscribe to her podcast, the Momplex podcast. I'll I'll link it in there too. And just enjoy, enjoy binging all of her. I think you're almost you're at like 70 episodes or more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm almost at a hundred. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> it's an awesome, awesome podcast. I'm not I have I started at the most recent one. So I need to go back from the beginning and mm-hmm. listen to all of them. Yeah. But I love it. Thank you so much, Scotty. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at you do woo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember... 
anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.